0: Hey podcast listeners, we've created a survey so you can share your feedback about the podcast. Your insights will have a direct impact on what we do in the future. To take the survey, go to www.greenpath.com realstories real stories and scroll down to the orange take the survey button or visit the show notes for the link. Welcome, back here. Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Chris DeLugazima. Recently, we held a live virtual event featuring four of our podcast guests. This event was recorded in early May. It gave us an opportunity to check in with everyone to see how they were handling our new normal. Before we dove into the questions about their finances, I started with a question that focused on the bright side of things. let me introduce some of our guests here today so first we will start with Katie so Katie uh those of you that have been listening to our podcast was our very first guest uh she was that brave soul who was a guest on a show that didn't yet exist um and uh (laughs) if if you did listen to the episode you've seen that um her journey kind of took her full circle that after she had uh, completed a debt management plan and, and paid down her debt that she um, had an opportunity to start working at green path. And so Katie is in our talent development team. She's an instructional designer. And later on, as I share some of the tools that we have, she's actually uh, 1 of the. Uh, the the brains behind uh, the, some of the, the graphic design of a lot of the things that that we're doing. So welcome Katie.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right. And uh, I brought a cat with me.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I saw that there was a different cat than I saw uh, earlier. Yeah, so,
1: she's yeah. she decided to make an appearance. Excellent.
0: excellent. <laughs> um, second uh, in the hopper today, we have Tammy, and Tammy had uh, uh, been our first uh, green path client that had uh, joined in the podcast, so she was in our second episode. Um, and Tammy is joining us from Colorado. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hi. Thanks. Happy to be
0: here. Absolutely. Uh next down the line we have Dawn. So Dawn is uh also a Green Path employee. Her her story you'll see is an interesting one about uh a, a difficult decision to downsize to 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 save money in in her family's budget and to change her situation and so I'll, I'll have some follow-up questions for you related to that and how that's worked out in a pandemic and all that uh, with you. So thanks for joining us Dawn. Yeah. All right, and last but not least, uh, we have Jesse. And Jesse is actually a future guest, also a Greenfield employee in this <laughs> case. Um, and uh, so Jesse works on our partner experience team, working with our credit union and other partners uh, around the country. Um, and uh, she's uh, so nice to join us here as well. So I don't even know Jesse's full story, but I'm sure we'll cover some of it as we go along today yeah options i just wanted to kind of kick it off we're in the middle of obviously a very difficult time for everyone and um there's been a lot of of sadness a lot of struggle a lot of anxiety there's also been some some beauty some positivity that a lot of people have experienced so i just wanted to start there and go around the group and i'll kind of start in the order i introduced everyone is what is one positive thing that has come out of this time and again not could be financially related but doesn't have to be um so what is one positive thing that's come out of this time for you? Let's start with you Katie.
1: Um, I I have become very aware of my um of my shopping when I go out and it's it, it's kind of a, a side effect of financially benefiting me but because I only go to the store once a week to limit my exposure um I have to be very conscious of what I'm going for and planning so meal planning has become a thing now in my house, even though I always wanted it to. Um, planning way ahead, those kinds of things. So I've become extremely organized, ironically, which has helped my finances because I'm not, uh, you know, spontaneously buying things as I wander down aisles in Target. So because <laughs> I can't wander anymore. Um, so that's kind of a that's I become really organized and very aware of of where my money is going just by the nature of leaving the house once a week.
0: So there's just sort of like an intentionality behind
1: mm-hmm. what
3: you're doing. Yeah.
1: And and we're eating better because it's not, it's not, what do we have in the kitchen or grab fast food? It's I've meal planned and I bought groceries to make these meals on these days. And, you know, like, so we're eating better too.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting thing, right? Because like normally we're used to, hey, we're like an ingredient short. Let me just run to the store. Like I know, speaking for myself, like, I'm not running to the store for one ingredient short, right? I do go to the store when I have to every three weeks, whatever it is, but yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, exactly. Interesting. And usually, if I ran to the store for one thing, that ends up coming home with 10 other things that I didn't actually need, but it was on sale, or it was in the front row, or I just got a rotisserie chicken because it's already cooked, and I don't have to cook now, and you know, like, it just kind of snowballed. But now there is a purpose for going to the store, and I only buy what I need, and planning, and. Um, so, there's kind of a couple good waterfall side effects there.
0: Do you think that that in doing that, that there's any habits that will be carried with you even as things uh, hopefully normalize over time?
1: Yeah. So, um, working mom, I work 100% remote even though we're in a pandemic, but I'm usually always remote anyways. And I have um, two children plus a stepson and my husband works. And so, there was always a chaotic rush of, oh, we're all done at 6 o'clock and we're all hungry what can we feed fast right um and so there was usually a, a panic induced around dinners um but now because of the shopping requirements or you know limitations i have been forced to do the meal planning and i've discovered i am so much more calm when i leave you know my laptop for the day and the kids you know like look forward to dinner and my husband comes home you know he's been lucky enough to still work during the pandemic and um, he comes home and like dinner's ready and we all know what to expect and there's none that's oh, I don't want that tonight and I don't want this tonight because we knew what's coming. You know, we planned out meals ahead of time together that we knew we would all eat. So I really hope to keep maintaining that <laughs> habit <laughs> for my own sanity.
0: Interesting. Yeah, how do you think the rest of your family would respond to that question? <laughs>
1: um, I think they miss pizza because that was usually my default. So we've gotten pizza like once in a blue moon now, but I think the boys are kind of like, Are we going to ever eat pizza or like, you know, Chinese takeout ever? (laughs) Because those two were always really close and really fast. And those were my two like default solutions. Um, So we might have to ease back into that, but they've really been helping me. Um, We go through cookbooks and stuff and like trying out new recipes. And my youngest one has taken an interest in actually helping me prepare and cook as much as possible. He's 10. Um, So like, you know, peeling carrots and stuff like that and like chopping potatoes and like stirring the pot of pasta and whatever it is. So I would like some of those habits to still continue. And I think that he would be on board with it. My 14 year old is a teenager. They're not going to be happy with anything. So, you know, (laughs) just put food in front of me. I'll eat it, whatever, you
4: know. (laughs) So,
1: uh, but yeah, I I think that they will be on board with that because they've seen also how less stressed I am when I leave work or, you know, walk downstairs from my office to become mom again. And I'm not, you know, picky and fussy and stuff. So I think- You're kind of on
0: down. the same wavelength, in essence, right? As you're going through yeah. It,
1: yeah, They were on board. They helped pick the menu. So they've invested in it. They've invested their energy. They know what's coming. They get excited about some of the meals. Like, ooh, on Thursday, we're having this. day, you know. So, I think, I
0: think that's an interesting thing just to lift up is just sort of the commonality that we all face all being most of us being in the same boat just. You know, uh, being in some form of of a whatever it's called in your state, a stay at home order or, or whatnot, just being in a quarantine type situation. Um, cool. Thanks for sharing, Katie. So let me turn to you, Tammy. So what's what's one positive thing that's come out of this time for for you, for you and your family?
2: Well, I definitely um, because I have two small kids. They are six and four. It's been it's been different for them. You know, a lot of times we have just been go 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 and you know i haven't really been working from home as much before and i i worked a couple of nights a week at a local restaurant and when that was kind of shut down it really forced us to understand that even though i was working two nights sometimes three away from home it really impacted my kids more than what i think any of us realized so being able to just be there and just have the time has really changed, you know, how we, how our family dynamic is just every day. So just kind of making that time to be together and having dinner at the table seven nights a week is huge. And we, you know, don't necessarily get that. We don't have baseball. We don't have, you know, dance at the studio. We don't have gymnastics, all of these things that we normally do after school or the pickup or, you know, on Saturdays or going here, going camping, all those things that like we are forced to be just here and with each other is amazing. And it's really put into perspective for us just how important that is just to give that security to our kids and to being able to put them to bed every night with a story. We're not rushed. We don't have to speed through dinner because of this, or grab this, you know, food on the way home or any of that stuff, like with the dinners, like with what Kathleen's doing, it's just being together those seven days a week has been very positive in, I see it in their confidence, in their anxiety, in their attitudes, all of that. I see it. It's been impacted immensely all for the better.
0: Do, do Do you see at some point in the future as things um, resume some sort of normalcy? Let's say the restaurant reopens, you have that opportunity to go back? like what do you what do you see in that opportunity? And yeah,
2: so that's actually been a, a conversation that we have had throughout this. And I also have a job where I work from home. And instead I've been picking up more hours and more time doing that and organizing and structuring my time for that so that it kind of takes the place of the restaurant more. And, um, you know, I think that instead of working at the restaurant because we need it, it's more of just going to be like a one night a week kind of fun outside. I love working at the restaurant. I've been in (laughs) restaurants for, 25 years, I have my master's degree, but yet I still can't leave a restaurant because it's just fun for me. I like to talk to people. I mean, clearly I like to converse and be social. So that's fun for me. And I think it's important for us to remember what's important to us. But I think that the necessities behind it have been reprioritized. And that's definitely something that we have considered doing and and leaving because obviously we've seen that you know our kids just being around us have been for the positive and we have to continue to do that otherwise we don't learn anything from this and so we're really restructuring our our lives
0: and 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 those one of the things you shared earlier is just how nice it is just to have that space of not running around from one thing to the next thing um I imagine that at some point in the future, the, the lore of that, right. Of, you know, whatever activities, little league or whatever's going on with, with your kids, let's say, will, will come into play. How, how have you guys as a, as a family, like, have you thought about like what that might be like and how you, you might kind of take the best of both worlds or kind of just enjoy. Yeah, it absolutely. As they
2: come? I think that my kids really miss the social aspects of that. It's really difficult to, you know, have them not hang out with their friends and not do things that they really enjoy. Um, You know, they're little, so my son's not going to have a kindergarten graduation this year. He's going to graduate kindergarten virtually. But I think that it's good to have a balance and to be mindful of what we choose to do. So rather than jumping in and just kind of doing everything just because and doing workouts and doing gymnastics and doing all these things just to stay busy, it's about making mindful decisions on what is going to benefit them and what we can, what's going to bring positivity to our life, and if it's not, then there's no point in doing something like that.
0: So I'm seeing some uh, some overlap with Katie's answer, right? It's just that intention, you know, this this time of slowness, in a way, infinite slow slowness, in many ways, is. Created this opportunity to to be intentional and, you know, I I know it may seem like that last question is not related to finances, but in many ways it can be because all these activities, or at least most of them, I imagine come with a price tag as well. So, Mm -hmm. in doing something that you guys might find to have more value could also end up saving money in the long run as well. So, thank you. Thank you for that. answer. All right. Let me turn to uh, to you, Jesse 1 positive thing out of this time.
3: We um, had an impromptu decision in January to paint uh, the majority of our house. um, Main floor, upstairs, bedroom. So that was, like I said, impromptu to get it done. um, So we threw everything in the basement, got everything painted. um, And so now this has given us time to put everything back. And we're slowly putting everything back again intentionally. Do we need this? Do we want this? Do we love this? Can we get rid of it? So um, I've got a car full of stuff that's in the garage. I have nowhere to put it, nothing to do with it, but it's out of my house. And uh, the majority of the basement is now this last weekend. We got the basement cleaned up and put back together so um, that kind of feels good to have everything kind of be whole again because we've been living in the house through the painting additional remodeling and and getting done so um, that's also the positive and the scary part is that we did all of this Mm -hmm. and we didn't know this was coming and all this change so it's good that we did get it done it's good that we were both thankfully blessed and able to keep um, our jobs my husband and i so no kids at home
0: all right all right thank you jesse thank you and i'll flip the question on myself you know i i've i've noticed that early on I, in fact even if i think back to like december before this was all happening i i had this uh to-do list over the holiday break i'd taken some time off of work and i literally put on the list like i'd like to reconnect over video chat with some of my friends around the country and I never got to it because I had this perception of like, ugh, people are just not going to be into that video chats. Not really a thing. It was for me because I've worked remotely for several years, but for others, like, eh, I just, I don't feel like just putting myself out there and getting rejected. Well, the 1st thing I did when this all happened was like, I think I might have a captive audience, like
4: you know, like <laughs> zoom,
0: like I'd been using zoom for, for years and now all of a sudden, you know, like their their they're, went tenfold. So. Um, I really enjoyed not only connecting with my friends locally, but really reconnecting with a lot of my friends from other parts of the country. That I know this will. There's no reason why this couldn't take place long after this. And there's even been some things that could save money. So I, my friend had shared this article about uh, this guy wrote about doing a, 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 a twist on a staycation. You know, normally a staycation, you have the idea of like, well, you stay home and you go to the local museum or you go to the local park, like. At least where I live, that's not even an option. Like the parks are closed. Clearly, the museums are closed at this point. Um, so his idea was turn your house into an Airbnb. So that's what we did. We basically used the guest bedroom, and my wife and I had a, a little weekend getaway. You know, five feet away in the spare bedroom. But it's all in a state of mind, right? I mean, yeah. the bed was less comfortable I mean, we actually used an air mattress. Um, the bed was less comfortable and all that. But it was something that we got to do together to get out of the routine because. I think yeah. that's one of the things that can be so difficult during this time that. is just being stuck is in a room routine. service. Uh, maybe we could ask the dog uh, for something, I guess, for <laughs> that
1: because toddling in with something, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, but, but from a financial standpoint, I mean, that's something that, you know, yeah, we did this sort of out of this. This extreme constraint that we all are living through now, but I could see when things return back to normal of. Kind of supplementing. I mean, not to say, like, we're not going to go on vacation anymore, but I could see, like, kind of mixing and matching something like that. Because what is the idea of a vacation? It's to get away to connect with each other and, and kind of get rid of the distractions. So. All right, so we've talked about uh, all the positive stuff. Let's let's talk about some anxiety. Um, so I'll phrase this question in in, in this way. So. Thinking about what financial anxieties you may have had before the pandemic and what you have now, what sort of anxiety, so I guess the way I'll ask the question is, what kind of anxieties financially are you feeling right now, and is it different than what it was before? I'll start with you, Kate.
1: Um, yes, <laughs> that's my answer. Um, so before pandemic, it was, I think, normal stresses. Um, we recently had some personal issues, family issues that needed us to empty our nest egg that we had you know, saved up for emergency savings. We had an emergency, we had to use it, right? Therefore, luckily we had it. However, comma, now it's gone. So pandemic hit and my husband was going to school full time, um, and worked retail part time to kind of, you know, have a little bit of an income still. Um, but his school shut down because he wasn't taking online classes. He was going to school, so school shut down, and so now we don't have the student loans coming in from that side because he's on the VA loan. Um, so that was, you know, nice for the GI Bill and stuff like that. So we don't have that money coming in. Um, but he's lucky enough to still work retail, even though he's not considered an essential. Um, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because yay, his boss decided to still stay open as long as they maintain, you know, eight or less in the shop and six feet apart, and they are able to do so. However, it's retail and at any moment in time, you know, they could say, oh, we aren't having enough people come through the door to to warrant staying open. So there was, um, it's now been what, two months on lockdown in Virginia um, is actually on lockdown until June 10th. So, um we are there's always that moment where like the boss could say hey we're closing the shop until the summer you know especially here in virginia beach area we rely heavily on tourist foot traffic um Uh there's none (laughs) you know i mean pharrell had to cancel his big music festival and that was a huge you know damper to our economy in our area so there's just not a lot of money floating around this time of year like there normally is so we're always on the verge of he might lose his hours and which adds to an extra stress of he's exposed out in the public. So I make sure that he has like a little quarantine decontamination unit now in the garage where he has to spray his clothes down and put them in the washer, and he has to change into his other clothes and wash everything before he you know comes right to the shower. And to keep me and the kids you know from the exposure, and it's like a double-edged sword. We need money. I don't need the virus, <laughs> you know. Um, so financially, beforehand it was the normal stuff we were trying to build back up our you know, emergency savings and was, you know, a little, little anxiety around that, just trying to set money aside and still pay all the bills and the rent and everything else. And now that's still there, but I don't focus on that anymore. Cause now I'm just worried about keeping the roof over our head, keeping the bills paid because his hours might go away any moment in time. You know, so that's where my anxiety and stress has gone now is will he have a job tomorrow? Will yeah. it be tomorrow?
0: Or day to day than like, something long-term. that's unknown yeah absolutely
1: yeah short-term day-to-day long-term we'll get there eventually but i'm just worried about the here and now
0: yeah and and like what would happen in in that situation like have have you have you played through like a mental exercise of like what would be uh-huh. the next step of something or you just don't want to go there which is okay too but
1: um, i'm playing ostrich at the moment um yeah but there is we had the conversation okay the what if if you lost your job. What are the absolute no budget bills that have to get paid? What are we willing to sacrifice? And we'll worry about our credit score later and we'll worry about this later. You know, so like the car payment. Sorry, I, you know, rent over our head was the most important. Making sure we have that and making sure we have groceries. Those were the two bills that we said we would never sacrifice. And, you know, our city won't turn off the electricity right away. Okay, I might get a two or three month backlog. I'll deal with it then. You know, we'll figure it out then. Um, so it's it's the emergency of here and now, but we had that conversation, we haven't had to act on it yet, luckily, but that conversation and knowing where he and I both stand, so that when, if that does happen, we don't have to start the conversation then, we can just enact right then and there. the ground running.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think it's a thing many people are facing now, right? You know, so many people have already been confronted with that reality of, of late. It's so scary. Um, and normally the response is, because some people in that situation could be eligible for unemployment, even if one is, that doesn't mean that it's going to be processed right away. I, I consider myself one of the lucky ones uh, when, when my wife was unable to work, um, when the school that she worked at closed down, she applied for unemployment literally the day that she found out. It took 40 days for the, and I think we were kind of lucky, relatively speaking, for it to come through. Um, so the question is like, well, what do you do in, in the meantime when you don't have another source of income coming in? Um, to that point, we're actually at Green Path working on a tool that uh, Katie's actually one of the uh, uh, the people helping us to work on that, um, which will be coming out in, in the next week or two called Aligning Priorities. And it's just about that point that you spoke of, of, okay, I don't have enough money to pay the rent, the electric, food, you know, I might make need to make some difficult decisions. And so this activity, the set of activities that we're creating is just helping people to sort through it rather than us telling you, you should do this, this or this. It's really about giving you tools to kind of make your own decisions that are aligned with what's important to you thinking about what are the possible consequences. And like you said, like having those conversations early on before you're, you're kind of faced with some, some difficult decisions. So. Thanks for sharing that. Um, All right, Let's turn to you, Tammy. So. What were what are some of the financial anxieties you might be dealing with now, and are they similar to what you faced uh, before things really uh, came to a head?
2: Well, I think um, very similar to what Katie was saying as far as long term versus day to day, and you know we had some different situations where my husband is still working, thankfully, so that's you know a big thing. But he works for a textbook publishing company, so that can Go away at any time. You know they're depending on on what they do. He sort of helps the professors build their online schooling. So in that aspect, it has been great because that's what they've been trying to do for a long time, and this is kind of forcing that. Uh, as far as as my job, I I work I've more worked part time from home and then at the restaurant, and I kind of just supplement extra things. Um, so as soon as the restaurant closed, I applied for unemployment. It did take a long time to get that first payment and I was just so thankful that we had a tiny amount in our in our savings to kind of just give us a little bit of a buffer Um, but we've been really this time focusing on that and just kind of stashing away as much as possible because we know that at any time that can happen. My um, at-home job cut 20 percent of the workers Um, a few weeks ago and it was overnight and we had no idea. And I was just very thankful that I was not cut in that, but again, it was a reality check that this could happen to us. You know, this could do that. So we were just kind of prioritizing our different things, you know, without making that, um, comfort level of your financial stability, just part of your life. And we actually had a conversation, um, the other day where, We were talking about, well, what if this happens? You know, my husband might have an opportunity to change companies and change completely directions. And that's a scary thing to think about right now. Um, but I we actually had the conversation that we said, you know, he said, Well, I don't, I don't wanna have to feel like we have to go back to budgeting like when we were with Green Path, because when we were with Green Path, I mean, we we were like in it. We put everything into this fast, but we had changed all complete budgeting. And I said, yeah, but you know, what's really cool is that we already know how to do that. And we did that for, you know, four and a half years and it was our everyday life and we knew how to do it and we knew how to do it really well. So if that were to ever happen where we needed to extreme budget, we know how to do that. And so we were like, yeah, that's, that's true. we're, we're okay. And I think that that always has anxieties thinking about long-term versus short-term. But I think that it's important to know that we have the tools that we need. We have the ability to know what we need to do if something happens. And I just am thankful that it did not happen five years ago when we were drowning in debt and living less than paycheck to paycheck, because that would have been so scary. And I think that um, there are a lot of people that are doing that right now. And that's tough to think about knowing we have this like guilt that we're actually doing okay. And it's this guilt thing that like, we know what we're doing and we have this safety net because we've had all that we had to work from underground to get to where we are pretty much. And, um, you know, I just think that. This is a a good time to utilize all those tools that we had to use, and i'm I'm just thankful for that
0: yeah you, you speak to sort of this resilience that that I'm hearing that that came out of your initial experiences um, reaching the point where you really you guys uh, for those of you that haven't listened, Tammy really goes into great detail about the the journey that they took to be able to uh, just fundamentally rework how they manage their finances, and and eventually pull themselves out of debt. Um, it's interesting that theme of resilience. Like I, I have a friend who has just amazed me of of how well he's been dealing with the pandemic. Just from a physical health standpoint, where like he's he was literally near death a year ago, and because of that experience and having to kind of recuperate from that. He was kind of ready for this, and now he's like running like 15 miles a day. And I, I feel like that's like a metaphor for what many people are experiencing <laughs> financially. Um, and and at the same time, uh, just I, I also wonder is like for those that are kind of in this boat for the first time, or certainly you know if it hit it uh, hit them unexpectedly as far as their finances are concerned, they may not know it now, but they are actually building resiliency towards the next time, hopefully not the next pandemic, but just the next personal um, you know, uh, difficulty that one might face with their finances. Um, I just wanna pause for a second. So Brad, if you could just jump in, I noticed that there was a chat uh, that someone shared um, some of their anxiety that they're dealing with. Would you be able to, to read that response?
5: Yep, yeah, thanks Chris. Uh, yeah, someone uh, from the audience had said like, I think uh, for them their biggest financial concern was just the fear in general around the overall economic impact of the pandemic. And uh, like when things go back to normal, uh, will they be normal, right? Like uh, I'm kind of playing off of it, but this idea that uh, will our economy be the same? Will the jobs still be the same? You know, there's a lot of unknown right now. We're just kind of trying to survive through the pandemic. Um, and what's it going to be like after? So,
0: yeah, yeah, because you even saw so, like before it was clear how this was going to be affecting everyone's day to day lives the stock market kind of predated that by a few weeks, right? It started to tumble before, and then it only got worse, obviously, as things really um, became clearer. Um, you know, we look at the stock market as sort of this external thing, but for so many of us, it's our nest egg. It's our retirement fund. It's our payment that we're saving up for a kid's college education or something like that. And one of the things that a green path at, um, as we were sensing, you know, what did people need in, in the weeks uh, in, in mid-March or so, um, our education team of Brad, who was just talking myself, uh, Katie had also helped us with this, had created a tool called uh, Navigating Uncertainty. There's a number of different activities. It's a combination of just sort of a reflection and also look into your finances. So it starts with different money conversations that you guys uh, can can have. This is really, it's optimized for, uh for virtual, right, so these are things that you could uh discuss with your own family, but you could also do over the phone or through video chat with friends or family. Um, there's other activities just to show us that they're not that we're not alone, so there was a real story uh, of someone going through the situation and some reflection questions that that we posed based on that um and then there was some possible next steps that we threw out there, so Green Path has a resource page um, that, that we started to, to build up in the last couple of months specifically for um, new government programs dealing with with lenders rental uh, mortgage and things like that. Um, and then we also just had, we thought it was important to give people this opportunity to not just think about these things, but to take action. Um, and so we have uh, some, some different ideas that people can, can kind of write down uh, with that. At this point, I asked Dawn a question, but as can happen in a live event, she had some audio problems, so we'll just skip ahead to my follow-up comments. She was in a situation where her, her husband had been um, having some interruption in income seasonally. It was, it was getting to be very predictable in his line of work. And so they were running through a few months where things got a lot tighter and they had an opportunity to downsize uh, and it saved significantly on their budget. I think I recall you guys saved about $1,500 a month or so in doing so. So from a financial standpoint, it was a slam dunk. And I remember at the end of that interview, we did sort of a uh, initial part of the interview before and then after you would downsize. But the after interview was right before the pandemic hit. And so one of the (laughs) things, even then, that I remember you shared, Dawn, was to say, like, the difficult thing is, like, it's a small house, and, like, that's been getting used to. And now I just, it just occurred to me, like, we're in a quarantine kind of situation. So is that kind of what I'm hearing from you here?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, my my 12-year-old son and I are a lot alike, and so that causes a lot of clash. Um so yeah. So usually my husband's the buffer between the two of us, but he's not home um until later in the evening. So yes, it's we're all right on top of each other. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No school and, and then the other thing, so so Dawn is is on our front lines, so she's one of our financial wellness experts. Just out of curiosity, like what are what are you what are you hearing from people that are that are reaching out to us in in the last couple of months about their their concerns? Uh,
4: A lot of the concerns are, you know, I'm struggling right now. What can I do right now? As well as, you know, how do I set myself up for future success type of aspect? And so um, sometimes we have the conversation of, okay, well, let's take it step by step. Here's what we've got right now. Let's take a look at what we can do and maybe what we need to hold off on a little bit until you do go back to work full time or whatever that looks like for an individual. But let's strategically do the step by step. What can I do now? What might I need to postpone um, so that that way eventually I can get to where I want to be? Yeah.
0: Are, are, you, are you hearing a lot of hope or hopelessness or it depends on the person or?
4: You know that's an it's always throughout our business here we're always going to have that varied stage um, Most of the conversations that I've had have been uplifting um so most of them have been fairly positive. There's been a few of course, that aren't so positive, but you're always going to have some sort of a mixed bag between them, and sometimes you get the random call of "I want my late fee waived." <laughs> Well, unfortunately, GreenPath can't help you waive your late fee, but we can take a look at how to help prevent you from maybe getting some late fees in the future. So let's take a look at, you know, what we can do.
0: Yeah. 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 It's just kind of sensing, like, what can we control right now? Because I think that's such a uh, a change for so many people and any any control freaks out there like myself, just speaking for myself. <laughs> his that was the thing that I realized at the beginning of this is just like I like having control over my environment over my day-to-day and realizing like oh there's a lot of things that are out of my control right now and I think where I kind of settled into to kind of a healthy thing is recognizing that there are still things that are in my control and how I react to it at the end of the day and and kind of um, running with those so let me go to you Jesse so what are what are some uh financially anxious things that that are revolving in your world right now and are they any different than they were before the pandemic hit
3: i think i agree with what everybody has said already i think we've all been feeling some of those similar things with the unknown and the fear and the anxiety Um, like i said i had a, a an impromptu remodeling in in january and you know we were comfortable with doing that and paying for that but then as things changed, it was like, okay, do I use the cash that I had saved to pay for the remodeling or do I juggle that and use some credit? And so, you know, trying to make those decisions personally, but then being the financial wellness counselor and being in the financial industry for the last 15 years, I was struggling with myself. What is the best reason? What is the best choice? cash or credit and so there's been that juggle on what's going to be the best and with all of the changes that we've had it was hard to to make that decision so we are using a little bit of both that's what was it <laughs> kind of came through kind of holding on to some cash paying for a little bit of credit but just trying to reg realize what's going to happen what's going on and kind of waiting to see so we'll uh, pay a little interest which i hate paying and i hate having debt and i haven't had that since I've done our debt management plan, which again, upcoming episode, uh, but that was about 15, 16 and 17 years ago now that I did our debt management plan. So, since then, I, I hated using credit cards.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so that that's an interesting point, right? Of just getting in that space of like in a normal situation, wanting at all costs to avoid that, but recognizing that like that might still be the best avenue at this time.
3: Right. Because we don't so. know, you know, if if the markets and investments and things are changing. Not that I want to touch my retirement right now, but there's so many moving pieces. So I didn't necessarily want to have um, the money that I set aside for the home improvements all be gone in case we needed it, because we didn't know what changes were coming. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it it's it's it can be paralyzing, right? Of just obviously not knowing what the future holds for the country, for the world as a whole and how that affects us on an on an individual level. We try to make the best decisions that that we can, but you know, I think sometimes it's a matter of giving each other some grace to know like, all right, well, I'm going to make the decision based on the information I have and I might be wrong, but <laughs> You know,
3: but you revisit uh, it and you talk with your trusted, you know, friends, advisors, family and figure out the best solution. And and, you know, it can be changed uh, for right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah.
0: And and I, I think just to, to your point, like talking to people about it, I, I was having a, a virtual dinner with some friends the other day and both of them are artists and they had mentioned that they had not. um Uh, they were both probably eligible for unemployment in a, a, normally they would not be, and one of them lived in Chicago, and I knew I had another friend that lived in Chicago who had been through that song and dance several times, even before this, Um, and I was, just him saying that, I was able to put the, put the two and connect the two of them together for them to, you know, two people that didn't know each other, but if one has already been through it, one hasn't uh, to support each other, so. Uh, So, Brad, I saw, I didn't read it uh, because I'm trying not to, I'm trying to stay in the moment here, but I saw there was a chat that came in. Um, Anything
5: to to share? Yeah. Yeah. Someone else from the audience just said um, about how they were feeling grateful uh, that they have some savings to buy food and pay bills. Um, Also, that they're feeling anxious about um, whether they'll get specifically unemployment and waiting to hear back since March. Um,
4: Hmm. So.
5: Kind of shared also like good news that while they've been at home, they've been able to budget a lot better and pay all their bills, um, especially with imagining student loans being in deferment. Um, And then also having some family in the household, like her daughter, um, their daughter has been able to help um, financially. So, yeah, I think. uh, You know, I've heard this a lot actually from different people, this feeling of like, people who have. uh, Some money are feeling like almost a sense of privilege. that they have something and are able to make it work knowing that there's others that might not be so fortunate. So, yeah. Yeah, I I remember myself, you know, waiting those 40 days
0: of, uh, you know, we, we live in New York and at first I was really angry of how broken the unemployment system was. And then I started reading online and realizing like, not only are other, like, Europe is actually ahead of other states as poorly as I perceived their reaction to it was. And then just like literally being afraid of like, because uh, they, they, they reached a certain point where you would keep trying to call, you couldn't get through. And they're like, no, we're gonna call you. But then this paranoia of like, what if I'm not there for the for the call? So like, if my wife was in the middle of something, I'd literally like grab her cell phone. And that's literally what happened 40 days later when they called, like the phone was there, I was able to answer like, oh gosh, it's them. And um, just the elation, but like, kind of working through our budget of like, okay, we don't know, if, or when it's ever going to come through, it's not like they tell you how it's going to yeah. play out and so kind of planning for 1 contingency plan, which for us was a, going to be a really tight budget. And then when it did come through, and that's 1 of the things 1 of the reasons I encourage our our friends who are not sure is many people uh, are eligible through the cares act with this enhancement on okay. their unemployment benefits where. Um, you're able to get, uh, in, in most cases, 600 dollars extra a week, which could be a lifeline for so many people. And so. Um, kind of having that plan, not only, uh, for if things are tight, but also having a plan of things now. For some people, you know, if you do find yourself in a situation where you have some, some surplus in your budget, making the most of that situation with still other uncertainty that's that's out there. Do any of you podcast guests have questions for our other podcast guests?
5: Has anyone
3: paid attention to the money uh, that they're not spending? So for us, I've really been paying attention to the gas, even though gas prices are low. uh, My husband would drive one way, uh, one, one hour, one way to work. So he was essentially two hours a day. Um, and that was 75, $75 to $100 a week on gas, and we've now spent $11 since March 8th. <laughs> so, you know, that's also helping me feel better about paying a little bit of interest on a credit card to pay for the things that I wasn't sure if I wanted to spend the money on yet, because I know some of that cash is coming in, so I'm keeping that credit card on time and I'm making those payments. but. We talked about spending more on food but less on gas.
0: I've definitely noticed that with eating out, with entertainment, with vacation. I mean for a while there we started to to do some takeouts here and there but like it was really easy for it to be zero right for for a short period of time. So like I think there's ever an opportunity to really have an extreme like Green Path. We have this thing every November called No Spend November which is Aspiration. I don't think most people spend nothing in November, but <laughs> legit. Like I think we spent nothing in March, as far as discretionary <laughs> money at that point. And but it, it's funny. It's like when you have that constraint, you're like, "Well, I could actually do this, and maybe it was yeah. easier because I know everyone else is doing it." Versus normally, where it's like everyone else is having an amazing time, and I'm depriving myself. There was no deprivation. We're all in the same boat. Um, like
2: what Jesse's saying about like the gas is actually with food so it feels like we're spending more on food because we're buying more in like amounts of time but i have actually spent less in food because we are mindful again it's that intentional shopping so i'm thinking about you know like what katie was saying with the meal plans where before you know i would go to the grocery store three times a week because I don't like to think ahead and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get this and I'll get this and all of a sudden I'm spending you know a hundred two hundred dollars in groceries uh, and I get home and I have like two meals but it's a lot of just like things stuff yeah and like now I might go to the grocery store you know once every two weeks or push it to three weeks but and I so in my mind I'm like, wow, we just spent like a lot of money in food. But it's not because it's going to last us that entire two weeks. I'm not going to have to go back. So all of these things that, you know, I'm really looking in the refrigerator like, okay, what can I make stretch? And I might be buying more in bulk, but overall for the month, it's less because I'm not mindless shopping. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to get some ice cream this day. You know, I'm going to get this. It's not these little pieces all put together. It's big picture. And so it just feels more, but it's, it's actually like way less, definitely like the gas. We don't really drive a whole lot here, but even that I've noticed and, you know, between food and eating out where we would go out to eat and it's a whole thing, you know, you get one drink and then maybe you get dessert where now it's like, we're getting meals. We're definitely trying to help the restaurant industry and still eating takeout, but we're just a lot more mindful in when we can do those things and they come in between our meals rather than just mindlessly going out and, and eating.
0: That sticker shock, as you said, of like when you do shop, I've I've had some <laughs> of the largest grocery expenses ever at one time, but not monthly when you add them up. Yeah. Um, yep. So we're running up to the top of the hour. So I think we'll close. So Brad, I saw
5: there was one more chat uh, that, that that came in there if you'd like to uh, to share. Yeah, it was just really connecting with what Tammy was saying around this idea of, like, uh, preparing food and cooking it, but then also trying to support local businesses and and kind of it might I might the person said how they might have felt guilt in the past spending on restaurants. Now, they actually feel like some positivity around it as well. And, you know, maybe saving that money on gas to be able to support local businesses, kind of that connection. So, yeah, kind of like that connection to your community
0: and and so Mm -hmm. forth. So, yeah, it's a nice sentiment to think about. Of being able to spend in a way, if you have the money to to do so, um, that that you're you're keeping your your fellow uh, fellow humans employed and and thriving as well. So, all right. Well, with that, let me say thank you, thank you, Dawn, Katie, Tammy, Jesse, and thank you to all of our our our, our guests for joining us today. We've created a survey so that you can share your feedback about the podcast. Your insights will have a direct impact on what we do in the future. To take the survey, go to www.greenpath.com slash real stories and scroll down to the orange take the survey button or visit the show notes for the link. Shout out to Hero for a theme song. We'll see you next time.